So as you have heard, we're going to continue in these psalms to climb the mountain, uh, the songs of ascents. Uh, we're going to take a look at Psalm 124, and um, we're going to uh, see how these psalms uh, serve as a reminder to us and to David and his people uh, as they journeyed. Uh, and they, uh, we're going to ask a really, really big question. It's just two words, what if, and we're going to dive deep into that. Um, I think we think of what ifs a lot in life. We think about mostly how crisis uh, has been averted in the world around us. Uh, typically, we think of the what ifs personally, uh, little things like, what if the mortgage didn't go through? What if I would have lost my job? What if I would have been rejected? What if I was alone? Uh, or what if I was unable to fill in the blank in your life? What if, what if you were unable um, we also think about the what-ifs in life uh, from a catastrophic standpoint. We think about things in history, and we think about what-ifs. We think, what if the Nazis would have won World War II? What if the South would have won? What if Sam didn't give the ring back to Frodo? And if you're an NFL fan, you ask, what if Pete Carroll would have handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch? Right. Big what-ifs. Uh, if you're a Disney fan, you think about what if the glass slipper would have fit one of the stepsisters. I don't care about that one so much. But uh, in my own life, uh, just this morning driving in, uh, I, I get a cup of coffee, and I had a small cup of coffee because I know what big cups of coffee do to me, and when I have to stand up here, I shake like crazy. So I had a small cup of coffee, and I'm pulling out of the driveway, and it was sitting on my dashboard, and I have a driveway that kind of slants, and I thought, what if I slammed on the brakes? the coffee cup would end up in my lap. And so I think about all these personal things. What if? Um, for me, what if in the third grade my family hadn't moved? What if uh, a friend of mine in middle school hadn't invited me to church? Um, what if Shay would have said no to my proposal? You know, what, what if she would have said no? Um, what if when I started my business five, six years ago, the economy would have collapsed? Um, See, I think it's healthy to have, in retrospect, um, a healthy view of the what-ifs in life. Um, I think it, it gives us perspective and appreciation for what could have happened. It's a way we can back into gratitude and thanksgiving sometimes. Every time we ask a what-if question, we are declaring as much about what didn't happen as we are about what did happen, because... In all of the scenarios that I spoke about, we know the outcome, and we know that it was good, unless you're a Seahawks fan. Uh, so David starts out in Psalm 124 by taking a look at an alternate history. He, um, he takes a moment to consider the biggest what-if question that he could ever ask over his life and his people. He's kind of inviting us to play pretend for a moment. And, and think about what might have happened if. See, it was a big deal to David because what he was asking his what-if question about was a matter of life and death. So I want to show you a video about what, as we play pretend, about what I think this, that he might have been facing, uh, his armies, what it might have looked like. Uh, I think it's the closest representation that we, we can have from, from Hollywood, at least. Um, so if you could play the video, that would be great. Thank you. 
Great host, you say? All Isengard is emptied. How many? Ten thousand strong at least. Ten thousand? It is an army bred for a single purpose. To destroy the world of men. They will be here by nightfall. Let them come. I want every man and strong lad, able to bear arms, to be ready for battle by nightfall. They will break upon this fortress like water on rock. Saruman's hordes will pillage and burn. We've seen it before. Crops can be re-sown. Homes rebuilt. Within these walls, we will outlast them. They do not come to destroy Rohan's crops or villages. They come to destroy his people. Down to the last child. What would you have me do? Look at my men. The courage hangs by a thread. If this is to be our end, then I would have them make such an end as to be worthy of remembrance. Send out riders, my lord. You must call for aid. And who will come? Elves. Dwarves. We are not so lucky in our friends as you. No, my lord Aragorn. We are alone. The women and children into the cave. Need more time to lay provisions for a season. There is no time. War is upon us. Secure the gate. So here we see the King of Rohan, who was uh, staring down uh, death. He was going to be defeated. Um, and he declared that they were alone. And uh, this army that was coming was not there to destroy his castle. Uh, he wasn't there to just take his stuff. Uh, he was there to, or the army was there to destroy the world of men. And, and once the battle started, it was going to be over pretty quick until we see uh, Gandalf show up on his white horse and do his thing. And so we ask, what if, in this scenario? Uh, we ask, what if Gandalf wasn't on their side? What if he showed up and he actually started fighting for the opposition? Uh, what if Gandalf uh, and the other guy who was up there with him, I don't know his name, 
Say again? Okay, Eowyn. What, what, if, what if they stayed up there on the, uh, on the mountain and just like watched it all happen and just observed? Um, and, or what if he wasn't powerful? What if Gandalf actually didn't bring it? Um, first of all, the director would have made like the biggest movie blunder of all time if he would have let that happen. And secondly, I would not have had an, uh, an effective illustration for you this morning. But, but truly, what would have happened, they would have died, and we know that. They would have been destroyed. And so, um, so David asks the same question. What if the Lord had not been on our side? And then he says, let all Israel repeat, what if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? And so, so I stop for a minute and I think, well, what if David hadn't asked this what if question? Would I even be here talking about what ifs? Had he not asked this what if question? Or would, or would Tim be up here talking again? Uh, would you have two weeks in a row with Tim Bryant and without a Lord of the Rings video that he made reference to last week? Sorry, Tim. Um, so we read on, they would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. Their waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed us. Yes, the raging waters of their fury would have overwhelmed our very lives. Praise the Lord who did not let their teeth tear us apart. So this is coming from a man who knew what hung in the balance. The only thing that was standing between between his people's life and a swallowing, these are his words, a swallowing burning, angry, engulfing, torrential, overwhelming, raging, furious death was the initiation and deliverance, rescue and aid from a more powerful God. So it's okay to consider the what-ifs in life as long as we offer praise to the one who delivers us. Looking back at the what-ifs can actually spur us on to praise our Deliverer. And he continues, and he says, We escaped like a bird from a hunter's trap. The trap is broken and we are free. Our help is from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So, let's talk about help for a minute. The world has an interesting view on who receives help. They have an interesting view on who deserves help. And even in the church, we can have a twisted view of who ought to be helped. So how many here have heard the phrase, God helps those who help themselves? Just by a show of hands. Have you ever heard the phrase, God helps those who... Okay, so we've heard that phrase. Good, I'm glad we've heard that phrase. So I've got a video that I want you to hear or see uh, about uh, who receives help. God helps those who help themselves. This proverb means that God only helps those people who work hard and make an honest effort. Like in this story, the group of pigeons put a united effort to fly off with the trap on them. Well, I believe uh, the f- phrase uh, 
from the Bible is the Lord helps those who help themselves. God helps those that help themselves. Something from your side indicating your sincerity, your desire for a connection with divinity, your desire for some help, some shelter, all of these things. The other thing I want to quote from the Bible is one of my favorite lines is God helps those who help themselves. If you're going to sit on the sidelines and do nothing after getting all this information from people, after reading all these books, after listening to all these audios and you do nothing about it, it's your own fault. God helps those who help themselves. This proverb means that God only helps those people who work hard and make an honest effort. So, yeah, that's his favorite verse in the Bible. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Um, so, for those who understand the gospel, uh, it should come to little surprise that that phrase is found nowhere in the Bible. Uh, the ideology behind the phrase is, is really, it's anti-Christ. Uh, and it's anti-gospel, and it's been around since the Pharisees. Um, there's no truth in the premise that God won't help me or that God won't help you if you don't help yourself. Um, and for those of you who, who may not believe that that's not in the Bible, the phrase is actually credited to Aesop's fables and Benjamin Franklin in Poor Richard's Almanac in 1757. So they must be reading a different... Um, a different version of the Bible. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, so instead, the opposite is true. God helps those whom he helps. And there is nothing that entitles us to the help of God. He owes us nothing. And there are no qualifications, there's no ranking, there's no seating, there's no designation, and there's no system that we can get into that will put us in a position to receive his help. The opposite is, in fact, very true. And I want us to look at Psalm 14, 2 and 3. It says here, The Lord looks down from heaven and on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. All, all have become corrupt. No one does good, not a single one. And so we, we see where our help comes from. It doesn't come from us starting to help ourselves. And, and once we become a Christ follower, once we believe, once we say yes to Jesus, I also want you to see where we're kept. Because the world also likes to tell us that once we say we believe, that we've got to keep working just as hard as we thought we had to work to get to him to begin with. And John 10, 27 through 29 says... My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. So we see there is no part of salvation that we can initiate or work towards, nor is there any part of our freedom in Christ that can be taken away once we're in the Father's hands. See, David understood the unmerited help from God physically the same way that we can understand the unmerited help from God 
spiritually. See, David didn't waste a moment talking about how he fought hard. He didn't thank his comrades. He didn't claim to be a hero. See, he was a warrior, but he gave all the credit to God, who didn't let the enemy tear him apart. He could have told us war story after war story about how he defeated the enemy, and he probably has some amazing war stories, and I'd like to hear them one day. But he still acknowledges where his help comes from, and it's from God, the creator of everything. So next time we're talking about how we're in calamity and God spared us, I love those stories. But don't forget that it's the creator of the universe who is the one who is our help. He's the one by our side. So I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm just another show of hands. I love the show of hands. Uh, how many of you would say you're on God's side? Raise, raise hands. Yeah, right? Everybody's on God's side, right? Who would set themselves up and say, I am not on God's side? But I want to ask you, with the same conviction and the same level of confidence, would you say that God is on your side? Okay, there was less hands. I just want to say it. There was less hands. I think it's hard sometimes for us to come around the idea that God is on our side. Why? Because I think we have an enemy that likes to tell us we're not good enough, we're not worthy, we're reminded of our failure, and we think that, well, God's not on my side. I just want to stop for a second because I think this is huge when we think of the creator of the universe being on our side. He's the one that spoke all life into motion and we're told he's on our side. He's made all matter on the earth. He's made all matter in our solar system in our galaxy, in all known galaxies, in all unknown galaxies, and he's on our side, creator God blows me away to think that something that big can be on my side. The perspective here is amazing to me because we know what it's like to take sides in this world. We take sides on so many things. We take sides with politics and sports. We take sides with you know, social issues and international issues. Um, we take sides with ideologies and medical concerns. Um, don't get me started on the topic of food and diet. I just want to say that last night we were having dinner and um, we were having Asian stir fry, uh, mostly because I want to be like Jason. Um, and um, Aaron, sorry, Jason, Aaron, four years old, four years old, says, Mommy, is this rice gluten-free? I kid you not, I'm losing the battle already. I just want to say that I am on the side of gluten. We're going to talk about sides. When we have communion, I go to the gluten cracker station. So, so we know how to take sides. We do it all the time, and we pull for those things that we are on the side of. Um, so we get it. Abraham Lincoln once said regarding sides and being on God's side, Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side. For God is always right. And, and I do say amen to that. Um, and I'm sure that Abe was honest. And I'm sure that you know, it would be really bad of me to like set myself up against Abraham Lincoln. I mean, Emancipation Proclamation, you know, and all those things. I mean, Abe was probably right in this statement. 
But like most one-liners in this world, uh, they're usually incomplete. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that Abe was a little incomplete. He says his greatest concern is to be on God's side. And, and I'm here to t- today just to suggest that maybe it's better for God to be on my side. And in calamity, when the rubber meets the road, when everything is hanging in the balance in life, I want God on my side. And yes, we want to be on God's side, Abe. But according to Scripture, He is on our side. See, I think this is, this is where the Gospel joins David's song. This is where the Gospel steps in for us as the modern day church. And it joins David's song. And we too can ask, what if? What if God was not on our side? And, and we go to Romans. Uh, I love Romans. We go to Romans 8.26-34. We're just going to read it. It says, And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. What if God wasn't on our side? And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers, in harmony, in God's own will. What if the Lord wasn't on our side? And I love this. What if... Our, and, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. What if the Lord was not on our side? We think the world is chaotic now. What if He wasn't on our side? For God knew His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son would be firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, He called them to come to Him. And having called them, He gave them right standing with Himself. And having having given them right standing, He gave them His glory. What if the Lord was not on our side? What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? I say, what if the Lord was not on our side? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, won't He also give us everything else? What if the Lord was not on our side? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for His own? No one. For God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. What if God wasn't on our side? So, Nate and the band, you guys can come up. As as you journey, I invite you to ask the simple question. What if the Lord is not on your side? What if He was not on your side? We face an enemy who is here to kill, steal, and destroy. He is is here to destroy the world of men. Yet as entitled people, sometimes we feel like we can fight alone and somehow survive. 
So I just ask you to stop for a moment this morning. Lay aside all the things that you do to dress yourself up before Him and simply ask, what if He hadn't rescued you? What if the Creator of the universe was not on your side? What if He didn't stand up for you in your weakness? What if the Holy Spirit didn't pray and plead and groan for you? What if God didn't work all things together for good for those who believe? What if He didn't choose or call or give you right standing? What if Jesus didn't plead for you? Some of you may say, you know, I don't know that He is on my side. I don't know. I've never really thought about Him being on my side. I say amen. That's a question that I, I would love to walk with you in. And, and as the band plays and as we worship, I'm, I'm going to be right over here and I would love to have that conversation with you. Uh, and some of you may say, well, I know he's on my side, but I've forgotten. And man, I am in the battle and I need prayer. And I need a kind word or I need a listening ear. So I'm just going to ask jail leaders and elders if you can be over there. And during that time, if you would like to talk, I know they'll be more than happy to talk with you. Lord, I just, I just pray that these psalms will affect us. And I just pray that these two words, what if, will allow us to back into gratitude and thanksgiving and recognition for what you have done for us, Lord. I thank you so much for David that he didn't take credit. Lord, I thank you that the creator of the universe is on my side. In, uh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen.